Section 15 of The Genetic Effects of Radiation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by T.R. Love of Pleasant Hill, California. The Genetic Effects of Radiation by Isaac Asimov and Theodosius Dobzhansky. Section 15, Effects on Mammals. Although genetic findings on such comparatively simple creatures as fruit flies and bacteria seem to apply generally to all forms of life, it seems unsafe to rely on these findings completely in anything as important as possible genetic damage to man through radiation. During the 1950s and 1960s, therefore, there have been important studies on mice, particularly by W. L. Russell at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. While not as short-lived or as fecund as fruit flies, mice can nevertheless produce enough young over a reasonable period of time to yield statistically useful results. Experimenters have worked with hundreds of thousands of offspring born of mice that have been irradiated with gamma rays and X-rays in different amounts and at different intensities, as well as with additional hundreds of thousands born to mice that were not irradiated. Since mice, like men, are mammals, results gained by such experiments are particularly significant. Mice are far closer to man in the scheme of life than is any other creature that has been studied genetically on a large scale, and their reactions, one might cautiously assume, are likely to be closer to those that would be found in man. Almost at once, when the studies began, it turned out that mice were more susceptible to genetic damage than fruit flies were. The induced mutation rate per gene seems to be about 15 times that found in Drosophila for comparable X-ray doses. The only safe course for mankind, then, is to err, if it must, strongly on the side of conservatism. Once we have decided what might be safe on the basis of Drosophila studies, we ought then to tighten precautions several notches by remembering that we are very likely more vulnerable than fruit flies are. Counteracting the depressing nature of this finding was that of a later, quite unexpected discovery. It was well established that in fruit flies and other simple organisms, it was the total dosage of absorbed radiation that counted, and that whether this was delivered quickly or slowly did not matter. This proved to be not so in the case of mice. In male mice, a radiation dose delivered at the rate of 0.009 rad per minute produced only from one quarter to one third as many mutations as did the same total dose delivered at 90 rads per minute. In the male, Cells in the gonads are constantly dividing to produce sex cells. The latter are produced by the billions. It might be, then, that at low radiation dose rates, a few of the gonad cells are damaged, but that the undamaged ones produce a flood of sperm cells, drowning out the few produced by the damaged gonad cells. The same radiation dose delivered in a short time might, however, damage so many of the gonad cells as to make the damaged sex cells much more difficult to flood out.
A second possible explanation is that there is present within the cells themselves some process that tends to repair damage to the cells and to counteract mutations. It might be a slow-working, laborious process that could keep up with the damage inflicted at low dosage rates, but not at high ones. High dosage rates might even damage the repair mechanism itself. That, too, would account for the fewer mutations at low dosage rates than at high ones. To check which of the two possible explanations was nearer the truth, Russell performed similar tests on female mice. In the female mouse, or the female human being for that matter, the egg cells have completed almost all their divisions before the female is born. There are only so many cells in the female gonads that can give rise to egg cells, and each one gives rise to only a single egg cell. There is no possibility of damaged egg cells being drowned out by floods of undamaged ones because there are no floods. Yet it was found that in the female mouse, the mutation rate also dropped when the radiation dose rate was decreased. In fact, it dropped even more drastically than was the case in the male mouse. Apparently, then, there must be actual repair within the cell. There must be some chemical mechanism inside the cell capable of counteracting radiation damage to some extent. In the female mouse, the mutation rate drops very low as the radiation dose rate drops, so that it would seem that almost all mutations might be repaired given enough time. In the male, the mutation rate drops only so far and no farther, so that some mutations, about one-third is the best estimate so far, cannot be repaired. If this is also true in the human being, and it is at least reasonably likely that it is, then the greater vulnerability of our genes as compared with those of fruit flies is at least partially made up for by our greater ability to repair the damage. This opens a door for the future, too. The workings of the gene repair mechanism ought, it is to be hoped, eventually to be puzzled out. When it is, methods may be discovered for reinforcing that mechanism, speeding it, and increasing its effectiveness. We may then find ourselves no longer completely helpless in the face of genetic damage or even of radiation sickness. On the other hand, it is only fair to point out that the foregoing appraisal may be an over-optimistic view. Russell's experiments involved just seven genes, and it is possible that these are not representative of the thousands that exist altogether. While the work done so far is most suggestive and interesting, much research remains to be carried out. If, then, we cannot help hoping that natural devices for counteracting radiation damage may be developed in the future, we must, for the present, remain rigidly cautious. End of section 15.